welcome to episode number 93 of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians and music writers talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. How are we doing out there? Recording this a couple days in advance. I've learned that I need to state that outright when I record one of these intros because the likelihood of something noteworthy happening between now and then is unfortunately high enough for me to say that if I'm not talking about something horrible that just happened, it's only because I'm in the blissful state of existence that happened before said event. You know how it was back then. No, I don't I don't mean to start off on a note of doom, Tom Johnson, the creator of Gold Flake Paint, one of the best independent music websites in the world is on the show this week things are good only reason i'm doing this early is because i've got to get my loose ends tied up before i leave for new orleans for wrestlemania but i've also got to get this recording done early because tuesday yesterday if you listen to this on the day that it's posted it's chloe's birthday and we got big plans i got her a stuffed Chewbacca. She's looking at me, but she doesn't know what I'm saying. She's a dog. But for real, Chloe, 12 years young, she was a surprise that my mom brought home one day in the summer of 2006. She moved in with me into my apartment in the summer of 2016 when my parents moved to Dublin. And she's a part of me. I have to say, she is a really special dog who has made my life so much richer. She is someone who brings a lot of joy to the people. I'm looking at her while I do this. Brings a lot of joy to the people who see her on the daily, to the people who come over to do the show. I love you, my dear. Happy birthday. You're going to stay with Uncle Wills while I'm gone. I'm glad WrestleMania was a week later this year. I didn't like missing your birthday last year. I'm so excited to return to the show of shows for the second year in a row. An incredible time last year. Have to be feeling optimistic with a card like this. And you can hear me talk all about it on my new show, Postmarktum. We just did episode three over there. We talked about the women's matches on the card and the NXT TakeOver card. Subscribe to that on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. We talked about Jake on Green Beers this week. Subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it on Bandcamp, and you can listen to it now on Stitcher. Been Apple-centric for too long. We're on Stitcher. Subscribe there. I'm making moves, Bubba's. But uh, it's something something I'm looking forward to, though. Going back to New Orleans. I went there in 2015. It was kind of a pilgrimage uh, ever since college. Or at least ever since I read Cannery Row uh, for the first time. I've had this romantic vision of American bohemia and the lifestyle of Mac and the Boys, and New Orleans has always embodied that. It's a place I always wanted to go to, and, you know, for 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 a lot of reasons at that time in particular, too. I think it was, um, you know, coming out of, coming out of sobriety. Uh, it was important, I think, for me to kind of go out and, and, and go on a trip, and New Orleans... Oddly enough, was was the place that I felt like I needed to go there and and sort of just be, just let a place take me. Had been kind of cooped up, uh, reading a lot, and not not really enjoying myself. So that was kind of a place where I went and kind of you know experienced the place and got a lot a lot of goodness out of there. Um, I remember when I when I showed up to my Airbnb in the garden district and I was staying with this this guy named Ryan in one of those uh, shotgun apartments and and I got there kind of early in the morning 
and and this guy's sitting outside. He's about my age, and he's a kind of weaselly guy, and he's he's sitting there in a full like Hunter S. Thompson getup, like Hawaiian shirt, like light colored pants, bucket hat, and he had a pack of cigarettes in his in his shirt, but he was picking up cigarette butts from all over the porch and smoking those and we were talking and uh you know he's kind of a character nice guy though asked me about you know myself what I was doing and eventually he's like he's like well he was a tour guide for the for a living and he's like well I'm gonna go I'm gonna go head into town start one of my tours you want I'll uh I'll walk with you and I'll bring you into town, and then you can go do whatever you want to do from there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that sounds great. And so we're walking, and he's like, people are really friendly down here. Say say hello to everybody that walks by. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's no sounds good. And so he's passing people, and he's going, how you doing? Hey, all right. How you doing? Hey, all right. Hey, I, I couldn't believe... What I was hearing from this guy. Hey, all right. Hey, all right. So I get back to Chicago and and I start saying, hey, all right, when I'm at work. And it was going over. People were loving it. So when I started doing this show and I was like, oh, crap. What am I supposed to say at the beginning? It should be something something that I say every week, right? 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 So, hey, all right. There it was. Now you know. If you ever wanted to know. Tom Johnson is on the show this week. Tom runs Gold Flake Paint. Gold Flake Paint is a Glasgow-based webzine that Tom started in 2010. And they've steadily built themselves up to be one of the most solid sources of content for music within the broad umbrella of indie and DIY under which I operate. Goldflake Paint is daily reading for me, excellent source for news, reviews, premieres, and really good feature writing. Tom's features are really personal, really involved, and managed to achieve something that I find rare in music writing, where someone's personal experience with a musician or a record is communicated so effectively that I'm always finding myself invested. The homie cares, and he writes about it well enough to make that matter to you. I wasn't even aware that Tom was in town until Glenn Curran was over, mentioned it, so he helped me get in touch with Tom. Tom came over riding pretty high off of the Gold Flake Paint community records showcase that went down in South by Southwest, and we had such a fun conversation, excited to share, so let's get to it. Here's me and Tom Johnson. I'd not been sleeping well at all, like the whole time I've been over here. Really? The night before I slept, like eight or nine hours, which was great. Did you get any like you like good South by Southwest like recovery sleep? Uh, Yeah, I did one. Like the first night, I wasn't. I was still in a weird place. Uh Like yeah, the night before last, I slept really well. Well, I think it's harder too. Like the the jet lag coming this way Mm -hmm. is much more difficult than it is going. Yeah, the first couple of nights I was yeah. Yeah, didn't know where I was. Well, I remember the last time I was in Dublin. Do you you ever see that movie, The Lobster? I have. Yeah. yeah. So I I like I went to Dublin for the first time, and I was like, you know, it was coming like seven o'clock at night. I that's when I was just like mm-hmm. turning off, mm-hmm. switching off. I was having the hardest time staying awake, and I was watching. I put on The Lobster, <laughs> and then fell asleep sitting up, opened my eyes, and I'm like, whoa! I must have slept through you know four-fifths of this movie and then mm-hmm. i looked at the thing and it was like 12 minutes into it and i was like whoa okay well this is i already feel weird but I don't want this. yeah i've had a couple of those experiences especially like driving around and like driving around in like in the states yeah we did we did a few well a few we drove all, ones, we drove right? yeah we drove from new orleans to uh-huh. austin which was a good yeah a good drive and that's um, a that's a pretty good view of uh of a part of america huh? yeah it, we we didn't leave till like 3 p.m. So I guess we had like a few hours of daylight and then uh-huh. the rest was in the dark. But oh, okay. That first stretch through New Orleans, where it's all 
elevated roads above the swamplands. Yeah, like, for sure. They shouldn't be. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and so you, so you're going over there with the community records people, mm-hmm. right? And there, you two did a showcase together at South by mm-hmm. Southwest, featuring, you know. Rap Boys, the yep. freaking better yet Hall of Fame band. I noticed but, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, how how validating is something like that, where your your website is is doing this thing at a place like South by Southwest party like that? That has to be just like unbelievable from your vantage point. Yeah, it still feels unbelievable now. Yeah, um, I think it will hit me more when I've returned home and have kind of back in my own space and that kind of thing. But right, like it's it's this is all still a little bit of a whirlwind trip yeah. for you. It's felt like a like a dream the whole time. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is overwhelming and incredible. But yeah, I remember very early on when I'd first started the website, thinking the one thing I'd like to achieve would be like would to, was to do a showcase uh-huh. in the States. Like if we could reach a point where that was a thing that could happen. Yeah. That people would come to. Right. Would be like, cool, we've done okay with this thing. And now here we are. Well, is it, and is that like, when you say it like that, is it pipe dream or is that, because, you know, I think when you start anything along those lines, you have those those big dreams, but then there's also something to the extent of like, God, if I could get like an interview with, uh, you know, uh, uh, football, etc., that would be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously it shifts all the time. I think you kind of you forget about it as well. I remember now vividly thinking, like the top thing would be to do a showcase in the states would be incredible. Yeah, if I hadn't. It's not like I've been working towards that every single year. Like, right, I've, right, I've right. Just pushed it. To it's the back just there, and it's something yeah. to like. You know, think about in like a a nice like glossy mm-hmm. future, mm-hmm. and then other things take over and other right. things come in and out. And uh-huh. yeah, inter- like interviewing people definitely was like I just interviewed David Bazan. Yeah, a couple of weeks before I came out. Uh huh. Um, which I still need to write up. But um, yeah, well, I, I just like, read I just read you know a track of review mm-hmm. that you did of that guy and yeah, we, premi- we premiered one of his tracks, which to me is just like insane. Right. Know, like, yeah, totally. I grew up listening to his music, and ah, uh-huh. and you get to yeah. I think that's like one of the one of the cool things about like reading a website like yours is that you're you're so involved in in the community as it's happening now. But these foundational people, a guy like Bazan or or John Sampson, it's like they're still around, mm-hmm. and to have them in a position where they're like premiering a track mm-hmm. on your website, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's yeah i mean that that you know it's like i think like doing work like this validates itself in in a lot of different ways but like those are ones where you just have to be like nothing fucking matters yeah. nobody can look There's at my a few, website <laughs> a few times where i've like i've received an email uh-huh. conf- confirming something like that and just kind of had to like close my computer and go for a walk yeah <laughs> you know just to be like uh-huh. i just need to soak this in for a little bit yeah you know that's good just so you don't get lost and like, it's so easy to get lost in the internet and it just to be another thing that you have to do right in right. the digital world and i want like i want to be able to savor those moments yeah you know, so. for sure you yeah. um, you hold that you mm-hmm. hold that intention kind of mm-hmm. like from the beginning i'm mm-hmm. guessing yeah and it's good that you're like still Still in it in that sense. Did you grow up in Glasgow? No, I've been in Glasgow for about four years now. Scot- oh, okay. Scotland for five years. Yeah. Yeah. I Where up, were you originally? I grew up in the south of England. Oh, okay. Um, the town I grew up in was, yeah, we didn't have any kind of music scene to speak of at all. Uh-huh. Um, so it would just be like music magazines that I'd go and buy, which is where I got. And my dad's a big music fan. Yeah. What's so he, he into? Um now he just loves tribute bands. That's his thing. He just like, loves tribute bands. Yeah. Like what? what just like, like all his favorite bands. He just goes to watch the tribute bands. <laughs> he loves it. It's crazy. I want to do a feature on it one day actually because the oh, the should. levels that they're performing at is uh-huh. like he pays like thirty pounds to go and watch like a Pink Floyd really? tribute band. Oh, who like who are? Oh, tribute bands. Yes, yeah, yeah, like you said, tribute bands. Which oh, is sorry, funny sorry. because <laughs> when you said tribute bands, I was like, oh, like Pink, Pink Floyd. Floyd. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, no tribute bands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have that in the states? I guess. Yeah, I we do. Yeah. There's a there's a like a, a Beatles tribute band mm-hmm. called American English, mm-hmm. and like they'll sell out theaters. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but he, well, is he like stuck in the past or does he like, like yeah. the stuff that you're covering? He, he follows it for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. And yeah. Like, he buys t shirts and things like that when we do a t shirt run. Oh, cool. Um, asked me to make him 
mixtapes and things every now and again. Right. Um, so was there, was he listening? I don't know, he doesn't want to listen to Rap Boys. He wants, you know, he wants to listen to Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, well, Bruce Springsteen and Rap Boys have a lot in common. Of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. I guess he's not, he's not interested in discovering new bands. Right, 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 right. For sure. Why would you be, I guess? I can't, I can't wait to the point where I'm uh-huh. worried about what's new. And just, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, what's going to happen for you is that you're going to, like, one day you're just going to be like, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm yeah. done. And then, yeah. like, five years later, you're going to hear something for the first time, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot. There'll be a gap, for sure. Uh-huh. Then, yeah. So <laughs> so was he listening to, like, was it, like, classic rock in the house? What did he do? Uh, well, I never actually lived with him when I was younger. Oh, um, really? So it was never in the house. So he used to, yeah, he used to make me, like, mixtapes. Early on, he used to do... Uh, mixtapes for me and my sister like disco uh-huh Kylie Minogue Michael yeah, Jackson, yeah yeah that type of thing just for when we were in the car together uh-huh um, and then I guess my sister kind of she's still into music but not to the same level I, as I was right so then he I remember him making me a tape of like songs you should know uh-huh. if you like music and it was yeah. like, like a Rolling Stone and oh right yeah know, yeah sure leaving on a jet plane I remember those two were on it uh-huh um, <laughs> I think you could go without leaving yeah. on a jet plane, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> so so when did your parents split up then? Uh, very early on, I never yeah I never actually lived. Uh-huh. I think I was about one or two. And, oh okay. Yeah. Is your sister yeah. older? Yeah, she's a couple of years older than me. Uh-huh. She feels like she's so yeah, much yeah. older. She has right because she always has family. Been. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, the, yeah. I'm the young brother. Right. Still not got a real <laughs> Just job. Doing his thing. <laughs> um, what about your mom? What does she do? Uh, she's just actually. She's done many things. She used to work in um, hospitals, taking blood and things like that. And then she dropped out of that and went she's to concentrate on kind of art things. She did some photography. Uh-huh. Uh, and now, actually, she's just bought a little plot of land on the Scottish island with her new husband. And they're going to, I don't know, build, build a retirement that. plan with oh, wow. rent, How about that? renting How's out it? space. When, and, uh, when, did, uh, when did she get with him? Is he all right? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, good. They, yeah, they got married in secret in Scotland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is nice. It's weird because we're not actually, we don't have any Scottishness in our family. I was going to say, he came over here and I was like, you know, where yeah. are those like, those like weird E's mm-hmm. that, that like train spotting Scottish that kind of like <laughs> marks everything? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be doing, I'm not going to be doing any accents, um, I'm afraid. Um, well, no, I'm not, I'm not like asking <laughs> you to do accents. I'm just like, you, you came over here and like, you know, my understanding of Scottish is basically like the Irvine Welsh phase mm-hmm. that I had when mm-hmm. I was 18. I was like, eh, this guy doesn't. <laughs> um, so, so I guess like, you know, you got, you got, you got your dad saying, Hey, check out like a Rolling Stone. How did you, I guess, start to phase into, you know, a deeper mm-hmm. interest in, in all of it? I guess it was just from buying music magazines. I can't remember the first band that really like would have bridged that gap so much, but I was kind of really into singer-songwriter stuff from quite an early age, so mm-hmm. that whole, I don't know, people who would... What about the, what, what magazines were you getting, like NME and... Yeah, NME a little bit. Um, yeah, Uncut, definitely. There was a free magazine called The Fly in the UK, which was uh-huh. great, which was like, that was the first time I realized that there were new bands all the time. Right, and all New the music time. that yeah. wasn't on the radio and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and sadly, they went bust. Um, and the just, magazine went yeah, bust. Yeah, but yeah. That, that was great. It used to, I think it was, I think it was a monthly free magazine. Uh-huh. Um, and you were just picking it up and yeah so was it kind of like um kind of like reading it to know about it and then like finding it on the radio stuff like that or? yeah i think this was probably just as the internet was starting to come in uh-huh. as well yeah um where you could actually download tracks and right yeah, so i had that as well share. yeah i'm the, probably conflating things a little bit there but well i think the the british music press has uh reputation for kind of being like all right this is the this is the new band Mm -hmm. this is the next oasis Mm -hmm. and like i remember when i went over to england with with my dad and this was 2003 and he's like he's like i tell you what we'll uh when we go to the tube stations whatever whatever band we see like all over the place Mm -hmm. we'll buy it and we'll listen to it (laughs) And it was razor light. Wow. And they were, and those were the quotes was yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, 
the new the like of freaking the, like yeah. the new vines, which yeah. is like okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but you know, is that is that something that you were? I mean, I guess you don't you're not aware of that like as it's happening but mm-hmm. is it something that like you, everybody kind of like knows about yeah, over there like, i think so self-awareness to it yeah <laughs> mate, uh, some, for some people maybe yeah. yeah i don't know i've never i've never properly got caught up in all that kind of buzz but right i guess when you're you're 18 and finding bands for the first time uh-huh that kind of thing is exciting you know i remember being excited by razor light when they first came yeah through, for sure Oh, it looked re- cool. And- for some reason, they felt edgy and different. If you when you, if you grew up in a, a rural town that didn't have a music scene, you know, yeah, 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 for sure. The Libertines and people like that were. So, oh yeah, that was yeah. that was the band, right? You that were, was the band. Were, yeah, they were yeah. like they yeah. were like the biggest thing ever yeah, yeah. on your for, side for about a, a year, I guess. And yeah. then it was just like, oh, yeah. this guy, this poor guy. Yeah. Um. So, like, I guess what was like really starting to stick, like you know bands like Bazan and like the week events like mm-hmm. where when were you kind of like putting that together was it like later high school yeah it would have been yeah coming out of school and as most people feeling totally lost and right in life and what to do and uh-huh. where you live and things and yeah music was always that kind of escape from for me from the fact that I didn't like where I was living or right. know what I wanted to do or how to escape that yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. You know, as most people do so you listen to songs about America or Canada and right. dream of being somewhere else, uh-huh. you know, that that's, tends to be how it works, I guess, with music. But um, Yeah. So did you go to university? No. No? No, I was just, I started working and someone I was working with was wanting to start a website design company and was like, uh-huh. I, I kind of, we started going to gigs, there's a city called Bristol, which was like a couple of hours away and a few of us who worked yeah. in there would often uh-huh. pile into a car and go to a gig and that's when we first realised that there was, you know, you could go to and go and watch live bands and yeah. things like that and that's when it became like a real thing that I thought I could maybe work in some aspects of the music industry but, right, or kind of had a, a desire to do that without Just wanting to be involved in yeah. some way. Had you been writing before? No, I'd, so I'd, I used to do photography a bit, so I was working as a photographer uh-huh. at this job, just doing like product photography. Um, started doing some gig photography just for myself when I went and kind of enjoyed it, and then yeah. had some published in like a Bristol magazine, and they asked me to write a few words about the gig alongside it, and I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tried it, and I was like, oh, that's yeah, that was yeah. quite nice. But uh-huh. I'd, I'd, I'd never, never written at all, really. Really, didn't didn't particularly do well in school, and didn't. Never, I'd never written for myself, and it was nothing like that at all. It was just ha- someone happened to ask me to do it, and I was like, right. oh, this is quite good." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So quite you start joyous. doing it with more with more regularity, and then you kind of yeah. just like get the bug. You think we can't? I hadn't done that much before. I think it's why I still feel like a fraud now because I'd, <laughs> I'd never, I'd never done it before yeah. we, much at all before we started the site. So yeah, I was working with a guy who wanted to start a website design company. Um, we both talked about moving to Bristol because that was where things were happening. Uh-huh. And he was like, "If I build a website, do you want to write some content, and we'll just see what, yeah, see what happens. We can you can use it for your portfolio if you want to do that, and he can use it for his portfolio. Yeah, for sure. And that's how the website started. That's <laughs> yeah. like your website. That was, that was that's Goldflake Paint. Yeah, that was Goldflake Paint. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. When yeah. was that then? Twenty ten, right? This was yeah. Yeah, May two thousand ten. Uh huh. So yeah. you just like you you fall backwards into this. So when you're doing it originally, like, is there an intention other than just like here's what's going on in Bristol? Pretty much, yeah. We it's hard to remember now. We, you know, you set up an email address. Uh-huh. I had a friend who was also working in the company at the time who had done some kind of music writing before, and she was yeah. like, I can kind of. I've got some email addresses of various PR companies or uh-huh. record labels you could write to. So we kind of just sent a few emails out, like we're starting this site. Was there it's a the, model that you had in mind of like... Honestly, no. Uh-huh. No, there wasn't. I, like I never particularly read blogs. There were a few a few that I kind of looked at that gave like free MP3s away and things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. that Same. seemed to have right. good taste. Those, those bloggers. Yeah, a couple yeah. of Scottish ones, definitely. Uh-huh. Um because I've always been into Scottish music as well. Yeah. And there were a couple of really good blogs back in the day that kind of did like free giveaways every Friday and that's yeah, how I found yeah. a lot of uh-huh. the music I was listening to. But there wasn't anyone we tried to, to emulate. It was just, let's just jump on board and right, see, right. see what happens. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about like, uh, you know, Scottish music, you know, with this, the evolution of the website, you know, being what it is now. Is there, do you like set an intention to like also cover... Uh, 
you know, local music or like Scottish bands along with, you know, the coverage that you do for, for others? I don't think... It's not something that I say like, eat, you know, one in every five we want right, to do right, Scottish right. or anything like that. Uh-huh. I think just being in a city like Glasgow, you're automatically going to absorb what's yeah. going on there because it's my friends that I uh-huh. hang out with. It's right, the right, right. support bands you always see. Oh, yeah, or, for sure. I mean, it's like um, it's like I got so many Chicago people in yeah. here and it's not it's not because I'm like, all right, you guys. Although everybody should realize that Chicago has one of the best music yeah. scenes in the world. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but it's it, um, I guess... I guess my, you know, part of that question too is like when you're, when you're like, everybody should know about like what, what, you know, this band's doing in Glasgow. Is there, do you feel like there's a sticking point to it or do you, do you feel like maybe that's part of a, part of the mission that's kind of like, you know, you're screaming into the void a little bit? Yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, I think I've never wanted, because I've never felt like I've had like a place that I, I don't have like a hometown. I don't feel like I have like a home, that kind of uh-huh. thing. So I don't, I've never had like an intention to want to represent like a certain place. So I think it's, I, I still think a lot of people probably think we're an American website because we cover so much American right. stuff and people are like, oh, you're UK based. Like even people like PRs that we've worked with for like uh-huh. two years, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. been like, you know, asking us if they can post us a record and then yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, we're in Scotland. They're like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were in New York or something. So so do you, I guess when you're like publishing stuff and then like talking about it, that means like your, your business day then doesn't really start until what, like six o'clock your time or? Um, we still tend to stick to UK hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely be but you'll definitely checking like, my phone right, at 9pm right, right. and 10pm uh, just making sure of things. Right, yeah. Yeah. Why isn't everybody <laughs> in San Francisco paying attention right? to this? Because yeah. they're asleep. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't see too much trouble with that. I tend uh-huh. to, tend to try and work for myself just during the UK hours. And right, right, right. Like, this the joy of social media is that it'll keep it rolling along. Get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hope so. so. It'll be for you fun when you yeah. when you wake up and it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like, yeah, that, guy, that got something. Yeah. I was like posting uh, posting stuff when I was like in in Dublin and in and in Spain, and I would post it and like, you know before i went to bed like look and how, see how i was doing it's like all right it's pretty good and then i'd wake up and be like oh yeah look at that i never see organic <laughs> growth like that because i'm like watching yeah. it too much also means that we can we can share stuff uh-huh first and then once the bands are up they can kind of give it a second wind and share. yeah so totally. it kind of actually probably helps us a little bit because it spreads the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing out it's a bit like more. a whole like a boom yeah. that it gets so um i guess you know talking about it like the site has grown pretty considerably like when did you feel like you were i guess maybe gaining first i guess like gaining kind of a an identity to what it was more than just like a hey uh, you know we can do this music blog Mm -hmm. thing um definitely so when i started it, i was still living down in devon which is the place i grew up Uh um, and then moved to bristol after sort of six months or so and that was when really kind of first took a step forward because that was where there's bands coming through every night and all right. of a sudden you can, rather than having to like plead with a a manager somewhere via email right. uh-huh. that, that you're worthy of people's time, you're actually, you're there and you're yeah. present, you can go yeah. and meet people and uh-huh. you can become a part of something a bit bigger in the real world, which is always nice. Um, and then, yeah, I was in Bristol for a sort of three or four years and that definitely, it felt quite organic. It's always kind of just gradually kind of, yeah we've just kept going and uh-huh. it feels like that's drawn people and we've never done anything too drastic as that's really pushed the name forward or anything like that I right wouldn't have thought um and then moving to scotland i was kind of working i got to the point where i could do it part-time uh-huh sort of part-time freelance and then working in a cafe part-time because up until then i'd just been working kind of 40, yeah 40 hours a week as well as doing oh yeah site every day which is yeah which is a little bit much it's a bit much sure. I mean, but I'd, we probably wouldn't be here if i hadn't have done that i'm so. reaching the point where it's like i'm uh you know i don't think my boss is listening <laughs> but you know i'm I'm, t- I'm definitely taking time like during my work oh, hours yeah. to like I put this shit together a lot of trouble for for check i remember yeah. one time we there's a band called broken records who uh-huh. they're from scotland and this was before i'd actually moved up there and we had the premiere of their one of their first singles i remember being at work and trying to arrange it via text message like 
in my pocket on my phone. Right. And this was like, I probably shouldn't be saying this because I'm sure they don't know it now because this was such a, obviously a big deal for a band to share a first track and I'm there like uh-huh. desperately like trying to sneak to the toilet and like right. in between yeah, yeah, seven yeah. customers trying uh-huh. to like, work out you're problems. you're frothing milk and, like, and you're just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so long you can sustain that, I guess. So, yeah, for sure. So once, yeah, once I got to a point where I could work part-time, I'm now doing full-time freelance. So uh-huh. I have a couple of other jobs. How's that going? Good. Uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like it's it's so great to have so much time to dedicate to the site. Yeah, it's definitely in the last couple of years. It's definitely like pushed the site forward again. One of the things that I've like, you know, I was taken with like when I first discovered it is that it has a pretty wide range of you know people you cover. Where you know, I think that you know, if if you were to work strictly with like a you know like the top shelf like diy mm-hmm. sort of level um you know you could definitely make a full website out of it but mm-hmm. you're also talking to people like sharon van Etten, mm-hmm. you're reviewing the national and um so does that come out of being in a place like bristol where maybe you know you have a little bit more access to mm-hmm. someone like van Etten? At that time, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like, is yeah. It, do you think the the scope of the website has a lot to do with like being in a in a town where maybe you had a little bit more access than if you were doing it in London mm-hmm. or in Glasgow when you started? Yeah, I think definitely helped in Bristol because there weren't that many other sites at the time. So if you wanted to speak to someone like Sharon Van Etten before yeah. her show, there wasn't anyone else waiting in line to do that. So you uh-huh. that gave you really good access, right? As in London. They probably don't do that because there's She's got 20, 30, day. 40 yeah. publications wanting to speak to us. That, yeah, I remember thinking that was definitely a big help. In terms of the scope of what we cover, is we never had like an ethos for the site when I started it, but it was always just to write about what what you felt passionate about. So it, yeah. even, you know, the National, this huge band now, would, I'm not going to not cover them yeah, just, just like, because they're... Yeah, they're bigger right, than right. they were when we first started because after you know, high violet like i got nothing yeah to do yeah. With it. yeah yeah for yeah. sure because i still love like i still love the national so yeah me too i want to i love that i want to write about them yeah, yeah. absolutely because I, I and they're one of the they're they're one of those bands too where it's like you've been following them for so long that you kind of i'm interested in what they're doing mm-hmm. now now mm-hmm. that they're here because i think that they're they're handling it much better than a band like the arcade fire mm-hmm. who i think have zero self-awareness and yeah the national i think have, have like stayed very, very mm-hmm. true. And I like your coverage of them a lot because it, it comes from that perspective mm-hmm. of, of uh, you know, like, I know that you liked Alligator a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that I've always kind of enjoyed in your writing is that um, you always contextualize your subject's work really well as far as, like, how you experience mm-hmm. it. And, you know, putting your personality to it also plays in a lot with, like, the way you interview people and the way you engage with them in mutual interests that you have. Mm-hmm. Like you, there was a Marissa Nadler piece where you talked to her about photography. Mm-hmm. I knew that you were doing that because you like photography. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's like, that's something that it's a good sign. It's a sign of a good interviewer, but it's also like something that is really hard to kind of do initially. Mm-hmm. Did you like come to that process of like being able to just like okay I can like talk about myself a little bit here? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's one of the hardest things to kind of contextualize because yeah I'm not I'm not particularly open person yeah. in the real world but uh-huh. for whatever reason when I come to write that's that's what comes out. I, I, I read a lot of music reviews and I don't yeah. feel like I'm that kind of writer that can write for like broadsheet newspapers because. Uh-huh. That's not how I absorb music. It's yeah. it's all very it's always very personal to me, which makes it difficult to review I, anything. I, I feel that too. <laughs> and there yeah. are times when I read stuff back and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I shared yeah, that. Like, or, why did I? Yeah. Why did I talk about myself this like to yeah. this extent? But, but most of my writing is stream of consciousness. Like even now, uh-huh. most things I write, I write in one sitting, start to finish. Yeah. Or sometimes read it back before I publish just to check uh-huh. things, but. Which I, I don't expect many people who write for the bigger sites. I imagine that their thing is more thought out and right. planned and things. But I just that's how I write. So that's I guess yeah. always how I've tried to stay kind of true to myself in that way. And yeah, that feeds in with interviews as well. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I noticed quite early on that if you 
if you if you're interviewing someone like Sharon Van Etten, she kind of has an idea in her head of what you're going to ask her because you're sent the press release in advance and everyone bases their questions around what's written on the press release. Right. So if you can get someone like talking about photography or something that they're interested in, they just uh-huh. it just opens them up as a person and they because you can see I've done interviews where you you can tell that they're reciting a pre-planned answer in their head because right. they know the question and totally. It's just a waste of everyone's time. You know, right? So. Yeah, yeah. They can they can find that anywhere because mm-hmm. it's interesting to you know paint the portrait of of the whole person mm-hmm. and the idea that like somebody's interest in something that has you know ostensibly nothing to do with their mm-hmm. music but is a creative venture is mm-hmm. going to tell you something about their creativity. Of course. Yeah. It's interesting to me that you point out that you're kind of a a closed person. <laughs> Like on a on a person to person basis, but you open yourself up in writing. Was it something that like you kind of just were like, oh wow, it's really easy to share when I'm just doing it this way and yeah. thinking about it. I don't know if it's as much as sharing as just just finding an outlet for I don't know whatever your frustrations or self doubt and things like that. Is it? I don't know if it's me wanting someone to react to it uh-huh. other than it's just an outlet for for me to kind of. Have you always been quiet? Yeah. 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 It's just like kind of how it is. Is it like, do you feel like measured is what someone said in the past? Measured? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's good. I don't tend to have too many highs. Yeah. A few lows, but you know, usually just on the. Kind of in between. I don't don't know if that's true now. I've said that. Right. Uh huh. Well, I'm sure the people who are close to you might be jumping out of their chairs (laughs) at home right now. (laughs) I mean, I think that that's like. I think it's a very real experience though, right? Is like you are something is unearthed in you when you hear that weaker than song mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, what this is like every bit of of an experience that I've had is being communicated to me right now mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of like the power of recognition mm-hmm. that you find in something where it's not like somebody is like straight up like telling you like this is how you feel it's just like they are unearthing a part of you that you know was never even like you know internally mm-hmm. verbalized mm-hmm. and out it comes mm-hmm. i think that that experience writing about music i think is really hard because what a lot of people want to do is say i really love this song Mm-hmm. And saying more than that can be very difficult mm-hmm. because all you're trying to you because like it's just like no you have to understand the song like means so much to me <laughs> and that's like that's a that's a that's a wonderful thing it's something that everybody can relate to but mm-hmm. it's just like all right but why does that matter mm-hmm. and that's when it gets tough yeah <laughs> I think for me so I've always had that reaction to songs and probably. I think music probably means more to me than is than it should in some respects, and that it's oh fuck that yeah. But but if you I don't know if someone was to whatever delve in deep into my psyche or something, you know, it's, right, been, it's right, always yeah. been like a total crutch mm-hmm. for other stuff that's going on in my life that I didn't feel particularly that I could deal with very well. Like yeah. It would always be music that would uh-huh. help me yeah, yeah in a whole variety of ways. So when it yeah, it's always been a very it's always been an escapism for me and that's uh-huh. in a way that is very almost tangible and that I can when I hear songs I kind of I see scenarios and things like that almost so that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to when I write about songs that's trying I'm trying to contextualize that and right yeah. you know that does some people might read something that I wrote and it might not make any sense to them at all you know whereas right. but that's that's so that's what I'm trying to kind of tap into when I review, rather than just saying uh-huh. I love this song. It's kind of yeah, and also like taking on your own surroundings if you listen to it in like a quiet house on an afternoon. Right. I'm quite happy to write about how it. Uh huh. So you know to kind of yeah yeah, yeah. paint more. It, of a I think yeah you know you put something into into circumstances and I think as long as it's like communicated effectively, as long as you're not like you know asking a reader to just you know go with it mm-hmm. just because you love the song mm-hmm. so much then then it's going to be engaging and mm-hmm. i think that you know i think that you do a really good job with that 
because there's, there's that kind of music writing that says at this point the drums kick in and it will definitely have you dancing and I don't uh-huh. I hate that I don't like that I don't kind dance of, <laughs> yeah I don't dance and there's this kind of they present like a lot of people present stuff as fact whereas that's what I always try and stay away from and just kind of paint the picture of where I am when I'm listening to it right in the hope that maybe someone yeah yeah, yeah. and this is what it was doing to me yeah. yeah right because like you I think that's it's one of the most difficult things with uh, with looking at people's writing is is when you see that somebody is relying on at least the tiniest bit of assumption mm-hmm. that there's something shared between the the reader's experience mm-hmm. and their own mm-hmm. they may share the band but like you have to you have to like really put it in there but you also can't talk about yourself too much because then they're just gonna be like i don't yeah. care and this then it's like a diary and right no one wants to read that i mean as like a you know, I think Goldflake Paint at this point it's it's a pretty you know it's a solid collective source um, for you know this expensive section of independent music. Um, you know, you look at like some of the sites that function in a similar way, and I think a site like Stereo Gum has started to feel a little bloated, and I think a big part of that is the power of for example billy corgan or morrissey who people who are well past their their point of relevance Mm -hmm. but are just like you know always talking and always being covered Mm -hmm. and you know anybody who grew up in 1990s is invested in Billy Corgan, (laughs) whether or not they're like, you know, he, he's the singer of my favorite band or they're just like, Oh, that guy's such a fucking prick. (laughs) And the reality of like the fact that like a Billy Corgan quote is going to bring more traffic to your Mm -hmm. site than like, you know, your, your review of football, et cetera, or whatever. (laughs) So is that, I'm actually wearing a football, et cetera shirt. So it's good that you've, I name, love that. Name they they twice are already, the most <laughs> overlooked band of the past ten years. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, you know, do you do? You, is that something that you're kind of just like, man, like these people who just take up space and they never seem to leave? It's. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything bad about other sites because everyone does what they, right, what right. they do to survive. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great things about Stereo Gum. They have some really great writers they cover a lot of up-and-coming bands as well but definitely um i think probably what i'm most proud of with goldflake paint is that we'd never have done news Mm -hmm. because that i just i can't stand that side of the industry like morrissey has said this today and here's yeah yeah, yeah. like i mean we probably would have made a bunch more money from the site and have you know four Uh times as many right readers but i think the value of it would have diminished a lot by doing that because I like it is it's it's clickbait tabloidy yeah, right bullshit which I just I don't have any desire to write or read so I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah 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 for sure I guess it's just um it's kind of symptomatic mm-hmm. of of where we are right mm-hmm. now and it's something that I think about a lot mm-hmm. the kind of relationship that music has to you know clickbait and nostalgia mm-hmm. and one of the things that i've been thinking about a lot recently is like you know we have we hold such reverence for the 1990s mm-hmm. and you know we have like critical revisions of a band like my bloody valentine and then we also have new bands that sound like my bloody valentine <laughs> and everyone's like this is great they just sound like my bloody valentine <laughs> and you unpack that a little bit and it's like that's that's not necessarily good Mm -hmm. but your site is like so integrated into community and i'm not saying that you and i like share these truths Mm -hmm. as you know something to be critical of but being critical i think when when you're working on on a level like yours um it can be really difficult Mm -hmm. you have a hard time ever like feeling like you can't criticize or like i guess what's your relationship to being like a critical website yeah i think again that comes into somewhat related to imposter syndrome where i don't feel like i can tell someone right that their work isn't very good or Uh that 
in the same way that I can't write about like news pieces, things like that. I've never been very good at writing about things that I don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It comes down to that community thing where I would rather help support a community right? and help, you know, cover the work, even if it's not a song that's going to change my life, if it kind of helps adds to that conversation that, mm-hmm. that small labels and small bands are important. And right. I don't want to kind of tear that away just because someone puts a song out that I don't particularly like. Right. You know, I think you can be critical of attitudes and beliefs or, you know, if yeah, people yeah. are sharing that kind of thing that I don't agree with, then I'm more than happy to call people out. But I've never been one to kind of pull apart a three minute track and tell them why this drum part makes it bad or, you know, right, right, right. why this vocal should have been. Yeah, because I mean, like, like, like you're you're ethically inclined to you know not want to like ruin someone, mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of the, I guess, the crux of all of it. And this isn't to suggest that it's a bad thing at all, and especially when you know you have labels like Community mm-hmm. and and Tiny Engines and, mm-hmm. and Top Shelf, who I you know I think are, are hitting a pretty good average. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's what's what I've been thinking about a lot, a lot lately is if, you know, the, the websites at the top are kind of like veering into this territory of like, you know, the, the AV club did a fucking feature on, on the history of, of the Ace of Bass song I Saw the Sign (laughs) the other day and their, their review of like, even like a Yola Tango record mm-hmm. now is like three paragraphs and mm-hmm. that's a fucking bummer. Yeah. But you know, mm-hmm. you have like your, your website I think is a really good example of like, all right, well here is a, a new source of, of, you know, criticism and reviews and features. And it's much more integrated into, you know, people who are not benefiting mm-hmm. from the structure as it exists mm-hmm. now. But it's like, I, I found myself in the scenario plenty of times where I'm writing reviews and it's like, I want to say something that is critical of this, mm-hmm. but I don't want to hurt this person's mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. and I don't want to like affect the tone of this in a way that's going to like prevent them from, you know, like driving to six hours away to play mm-hmm. for nothing. Yeah. You know what for I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're all barely breaking yeah. even, but also I want I want to be helpful for the art, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is I think yeah, the goal. A, I mean, there's absolutely a place for criticism. Of course, that's not that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh no, and we definitely no, have. No, no, no. We definitely I'm, not, have, I'm not suggesting yeah. any art anyway. Um, we definitely have writers who are much more adept at that than I am. Yeah. Um, so there is like when we tend to cover bigger bands in album reviews, they tend to be like a thousand word type pieces. Yeah. Where, and there definitely is some criticism within that me personally i'm just not very good at doing it for the, for the same reasons you said like yeah I, for sure i would much rather write 250 words on a song that i yeah that i love well i think too than, when you when you do it mm-hmm. for you know as hard as you've been going at it mm-hmm. for six no eight eight years, years in may yeah jesus yeah. um if you're not doing it and having fun doing it you're you probably shouldn't be doing yeah. it yeah Hundred percent. That's good. I mean, it's you know. I think that it's. Do you ever have a hard time staying motivated? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, (laughs) every day. (laughs) Well, not every day. That's a lie. But I mean, it's yeah. There are, there are times when it's it's, really difficult. And again, that comes from, probably the the digital world and how we, look for, validation in in this crazy new world that we live in. Um, so it can be difficult when you've kind of you've just say you've discovered a band yourself and you've uh-huh. that's blown you away and you've you know you've listened to it for two days straight and you've poured like five hundred words into it and you share it and no one nobody to touches it. it. And yeah. the chances are people are listening to it. You can see that people listen to it, but right. you want someone to tell you like, yes, this changed my life. Thank that's you. That's the hard part, <laughs> which is right? nonsense, of course. Because yeah, but it's hard to sometimes remember that that's not why you do it, and you know. I think that that's like one of the more interesting things about about this type of work is that you you have all of the experiences of like writing something great and putting it out 
but the uh, the applause mm-hmm. never happens. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So just, I guess, you know, you have like your moments like, you know, oh man, I just got off the phone with fucking John Sampson. <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. that's cool. Turn yeah. the computer off and do mm-hmm. that. You know, what else, what else is there that is helpful for you? Um, I mean, this, this last week at South by was like a time that I'll never forget because it yeah. was all these people that I've met online and spoken to over the last kind of in some cases, like five, six, seven years and never met in person and then having that chance to actually meet people in the real world and know that each other exists and, and yeah. can say thank you to each other in real life. And, yeah, for sure. You know, the, the people that, so many people took the opportunity to come and say thanks mm-hmm. for what we do with Golf Lake Paint, which is... Well, that's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, and I it mean, was, it's like it's like the, the relationships that you have with the people who are actually making the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you when you sit and you you want like you know the uh, the ether out there mm-hmm. to be like great job tom yeah. <laughs> it's it's also like really nice that you that you have you know someone coming up to you and being like thanks for that review mm-hmm. that you wrote of what i did yeah it's I, yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's it was overwhelming genuinely overwhelming there's people like just saw kiss zippy play live for the first time uh-huh. and like she came up and she was like oh, i don't know if you know but you were like you were the first person that ever wrote about my oh, band man. and like you know it's hard it's another thing because it, it sounds like i'm kind of boasting when i talk a story right, about that. Right, so it's yeah, also hard yeah, to no. be like this uh-huh. is why i'm telling you the story but right and then like meeting her and being like being able to say hello and like have a hug and she was like oh you're the first person that wrote about me thank you very much and then seeing her play to like you know 200 people right. and like the first couple of rows were all screaming all the words back. Like, yeah, that's why yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why you do what you do you know to yeah play like a tiny tiny cog in a big weird giant machine yeah. <laughs> you know i love it i love that Mississippi. yeah she's incredible EP too um do you ever feel like that you, are you constrained by the format in any way like one piece that you did that i that i really love was the interview with oliver kolb of bellows mm-hmm. where you talked to him about fist and palm you know, a week before it came out, mm-hmm. and then like you end the piece when you're talking to him after it's come mm-hmm. out. And those those are a really really smart, like inventive piece. Um, you know, but is is there? Are you ever feeling like, you know, God, I just like want to do something larger within this? Yeah, I think most of the time, I think it's that you can get kind of not stuck in a rut as such as like just writing about a song that you've been emailed by a PR yeah. feels a bit like you're just coasting, you know? Right, right. Like, I know that someone can send me a good song today uh-huh. and I know that I'll be able to write about it right. within and have it posted within half an hour. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, it's, and you're kind of constantly thinking of new ways of presenting the work or like that interview with Oliver. I mean, that things like that help because we've covered him for a while so we're Facebook friends so I can just yeah. drop him a message and be like hey do you want to do this rather than like uh-huh. pitching the stuff to his manager or right, record right, right. and things like that so that always helps um, but there's all, all all various different ways and things that I'd like to try I've always wanted to do some print stuff yeah I don't know what that would involve but it's uh-huh. you know be so nice to again, just having have it tangible. there yeah, you know yeah so I think we might just rip off Pitchfork and do like a quarterly or even just two a year or something and do like yeah. a type thing with some long read stuff in there but again it's it's just the money money's the biggest constraint you know it's right totally finding ways to pay for that yeah yeah, yeah. it's really hard <laughs> as anyone who works in the music industry knows I, so. I yeah and i mean it's like it's one of those things too where it's like it's you you're running such a constant hustle too mm-hmm. it's like even even like good things if you've done them before, it's mm. just like, all right, I'm still, I'm still doing it. Uh-huh. So is your is your staff like pretty tight? Is it you got a good amount of people writing for yeah. you? Or are they kind of like all over the place? Yeah, you know? all over the world. Yeah. Um, so my friend Sammy, who I met in Bristol when I lived there, so she she uh, for about the last year has been managing the writing team and kind of delegating the writing work, which which has taken like a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Um, that's just been invaluable. Yeah. So she kind of sends out a list each month. These are the records that we would quite like covered. And if you want to, 
uh-huh. cover it in any respect with an interview or album then first, yeah, yeah, yeah. first come first serve and I guess we've got like a pool of about 10 or 15 writers some of which occasionally yeah, <laughs> yeah, say yeah. yes I'd like to write about that uh-huh. but you know anyone who takes time out their their life to write for us is uh, you know that's you think it's a, a you think for for you it's a good it's in a good spot now like you you ever I, I had a you know situation where I'm like I realized that I was thinking about this shit like mm-hmm. way too much what mm-hmm. it wasn't doing anything for me mm-hmm. because I was not paying attention to other components of mm-hmm. my life um you know it has that balance out for mm-hmm. you yeah I've definitely struggled with that a lot in the past I took about six weeks completely away from the site nearly two years ago now and that was like a really big help of just being like we threw a little festival in Glasgow and like Uh that that finished on a Sunday and I'd like turn the inbox off like that yeah and was like I'm just done for like I think it was about six weeks I took off in the end and like the thought was there was like should I go back to it or not Uh and I'm glad I'm really glad I did um, what'd you do in the in the six weeks I can't remember now uh-huh. nothing <laughs> watch Netflix it's never nothing it's always nothing right it's like it's like it's like whenever I get whenever I get a full day off yeah. I'm just like oh I'm so overwhelmed I'm yeah. just I'm just gonna die yeah. <laughs> it's like it's I think it's just so funny the relationship that you have with like you know you just want time mm-hmm. and then when you get it you're just like uh, what am I doing it's so hard yeah I mean, that, I mean that happens all the time. It's constant guilt of not working and right, doing not doing like, enough. Even just if it's an evening, it's like, yeah, it's, it's it's one of the hardest things to deal with. Is just allowing yourself to do, <laughs> to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think it's an important thing. To you think you're pretty good at turning it off at this point? No, <laughs> I don't think people around me would say that at all. Um, I'm trying. Yeah, I've like I've started. Especially when I go back, I'm gonna really try not to have a, have any screens in bed uh-huh. in the morning or spend a freaking half night. an hour. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, every morning. So terrible. I really need to, to to stop doing that. And it's just it's difficult because there's all, you know that there's always going to be something new. Like right. the amount of emails we get, there's always going to be something new, and you don't want to miss that one thing that is gonna yeah you know be the best thing that you've ever done. So it's it's it is difficult to switch off. I even though that will be there anyway, even if you leave it till the morning, you know, it's... Right, it'll still be there. Yeah. And it's like... I I wonder if there's, like, a psychological phenomenon of opening an email and the feeling like you have to respond as if the other person has seen mm-hmm. that you've opened the email. Well, that, PRs do actually do that. <laughs> PRs can see if you've opened it, and I've actually been told before, like I've seen you've opened this and uh-huh. replied, and that's horrible. Get out of my yeah, right? face! Yeah, what a world. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know, it's awesome to see that you you know were able to like come and and do this mm. thing. I mean, yeah. If the one thing I want to take away from this is that I want to be more present in the real world when I get home, you know? Yeah, for sure. Be more a part of a scene in Glasgow and things like that rather than just existing as a, a Twitter page or right. You know. Right. So or we'll see how that goes. Tom from Gold yeah. Flake paint. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, I think that you're in a position now where if you wanted to do the same thing next year, you probably could, mm. and it would probably be just as fun. And if it isn't, don't do it again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was fucking awesome having you over. Thank, Thank you me. so much for, yeah, for having me. Cool. Okay. Mm. Awesome. All right. Hey. Great stuff. Lovely having Tom over. The guy puts so much into his site. The hustle can be taxing, the work can feel thankless. Nice to hear that he's finding moments to breathe it in. And, man, eight years, going strong. It's all inspiring. Very thankful for the work Tom does and having him over was a total pleasure. Check out Gold Flake Paint online, goldflakepaint.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, 
The show is available on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. Also on our website, betteryetpod.com. T-shirts and buttons. You want you want the birthday girl on a T-shirt? Betteryetpod.com slash merch. Check out my other shows as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, Postmarktum, Perspectives in Professional Wrestling. Twitter is at betteryetpod. Email betteryetpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it, right? Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Chloe, birthday gal. Uh, Happy WrestleMania to all of y'all. Hope you can celebrate with those you love. Come back next week. Thanks, boys. Wax is dripping on a false end of the cake. Birthday gal, pucker up and don't hesitate. Take a deep breath Blow them all away I sang off key Now this is China Blue Remember don't tell a soul That wish it won't come true Hate a sad face On your lucky day Birthday Can